Hey, thanks for joining us today at Divine Church. We're one church with two locations reaching around the world with the help of our online service. We exist to connect the world to Jesus Christ, and you can partner with us by sharing this video or clicking the give link below. But for now, prepare your heart for some incredible worship and an inspiring message. Enjoy to the world, the Lord is come. Let her receive her King. And let every heart prepare And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and Oh, he rules the world. 
For the unclean, the unholy, for the broken. 
Oh, uh-huh. 
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Listen, I don't know if you feel good, but you sound and look really good this Christmas Eve. So here's what I want you to do. Give yourselves a hand because y'all sounded so good. Did worship look so good? Yeah. For those of you that I have not had the chance to meet yet, my name is Gus Bishop, and I get the privilege of being one of the pastors uh, here at Divine Church. And I'm excited to be here with you today as, as we celebrate the greatest and most important hinge point date in human history. And what I mean by hinge point is hinge point to those moments in time when everything shifts and everything changes and moves in a different direction. And Christmas Day was a day that everything changed on earth. Now, I want you to think back to your history class when you were in school. For all my students in the room, listen, I get it. It's winter break. That's okay. Just bear with me, please. Okay. All right. Think back to those classes. How many of you uh, had to memorize dates? Anybody have to memorize dates in history class? Okay, yeah. Some of y'all, did y'all take history in school? Like, everybody should have raised their hand on that. Um, and those, those letters that come after those dates, um, BC, which stands for? Before Christ. And AD, which stands for? Yeah, okay, there you go. All right, there we go. Yeah, some people will say it's for after death, but it's actually two Latin words, Anno Domini, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so think about this for a second. All of time in history, of man. It is divided by the time before Christ came and the year our Lord came and changed everything. And, and here's something that's funny. You may not know this. There's, a, there's some people out there that are trying to change BC and AD to BCE and CE. BCE meaning before common era, which means CE would mean common era. That's right. Uh, here's the thing. They want to do that because they just don't like the fact that all of human history is marked by the birth of Jesus Christ. But here's the funny thing to me. We can, we, they can call it whatever they want to call it. They can call it WBW for way back when and, and KR for kind of recently. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change the fact that 
Everything, everything in human history is marked by the birth of Jesus. The challenge for us, though, uh, that some of us face is that we live in an AD time with a BC mindset. Let me explain. So we, we, we live in a time after Jesus was born, but we, lived as, we live in our minds as if the Savior of the world hasn't come yet. And so we, we, we approach situations and circumstances like there's no hope and there's no help and there's no healing. But Jesus Christ has come and so we have hope. And he is our helper and he is our healer. And so that's why today we're gonna talk about what changed when Jesus came. So if you have your Bible or a Bible app, you can go to Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two, we'll be camped out there for the rest of our short time together this afternoon. Um, if you don't have a Bible or Bible app, the words will be on the screen. But if you don't have your own copy of the Bible, we would love to give you a Bible. And all you have to do is after the service is over, go out to our guest services desk or to our cafe counter, ask someone there for a Bible. And we would love to give you a Bible. Consider it a Christmas gift from us. Now, it's not going to help you right now, but we'll have words on the screen as we jump into our scripture. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first generation when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Listen, it's a tremendous honor for me to be able to share the, the, the world, this world-changing story with you guys. And some of you may be here and you've heard this story every Christmas season. And some of you may be here and this is the first time that you've heard it. But I want to make sure you understand this point because there is something hidden here. It's not really hidden. It's pretty blatant, actually. There's something here that we cannot miss as we read the scripture, I want you to understand that God became human. God, God became human, right? Uh, listen, the creator became creation. Like King Jesus left his heavenly throne. He, he chose to come to this world to be born as a baby, born in a stable, wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And this is really good news. It's really, really good news. And you don't have to take my word for it. Our scripture tells us that the angel tells a group of shepherds who are in a nearby field, he says, this news is so good that it brings great joy. But brings great joy to who? It says to all people, every man, woman, and child. And guys, this is awesome because what the angel's declaring is that um, no matter what you've done or no matter where you're from or no matter what your past is like, no matter how dark your life may seem to be, there's good news for you. And that is that the Savior of the world was born in the city of Bethlehem. But in order for us to grasp how good this news is, we've got to understand 
the major change, the hinge point that took place in all of human history when Jesus came to earth. And when Jesus was born, humanity moved from religion to relationship. Moved from religion to relationship. Before Jesus was born, everything was about religion. Everything was about what we could do to get to God. And so everything was about us humans trying to get to God by doing good things, right? And so religion is about do's and don'ts. And if we're going to be honest with each other this morning, can we just say that we focus a lot more on the don'ts than the do's, don't we? For example, don't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss, don't watch a radar or a movie, unless it's the passion of the Christ. And then we throw some do's in there. Hey, listen, I do read my Bible every now and then, and I do have a couple of verses that are memorized, and I really love, I, I do love when they sing my favorite worship song on Sunday morning. And we hope, our hope is that all these do's and don'ts will come together just in the right way so that we, at the end of our day, will get into heaven. But then Jesus came. The four most important words that I want you to hear tonight. But then Jesus came and he changed everything. Because instead of everything being about religion so we could try to get to God, Jesus made a way that we could be in relationship with God. And so no longer was it about legalistically following all these rules to try to get to heaven one day. Life was now about living in relationship with God, like spending time with him, following him in his ways as we experience his mercy, grace, and love. And I think this is one of the most confusing things about Jesus for people who don't know him. See, people who don't know Jesus think that Jesus is only interested in the good people. You know the people I'm talking about, the people who, who follow all the rules, the people who don't have a past or have baggage that they carry with them, the people who, who seem to have it all put together. But Jesus didn't come for the religious people who have it all put together. He came for the least and the lost the scared and the scarred, the helpless and the hopeless, the busted up and broken. That's who Jesus came for. In fact, it was actually the religious people who had the biggest problem with Jesus, right? So much so that they one day had him crucified on a cross. And their biggest struggle with Jesus was simply this, that he said religion wasn't enough. That listen, the do's and don'ts aren't gonna get it done. But following Jesus, following Jesus is the only way that we'll get to the Heavenly Father. See, we'll never be good enough of our own. But when we follow Jesus, when we trust in Jesus, his goodness and his grace covers us. And the good news is that everyone can know Jesus. Listen, everyone, all people, every man, woman, and child, Everyone can know Jesus because he chose to come to earth. Remember, God became man. And that's why I, I, it makes me a little crazy sometimes when I hear people talk about how every religion is the same. Because it's not. 
Every other religion is about us working, us grinding, us, us, us trying to follow the rules well enough so that we can reach up to God. But following Jesus is about us recognizing that following the rules well enough isn't going to get us there. It's not going to get us to God. And so God chose to reach down to us by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into our world. I'm going to go ahead and ask the band to make their way back up. I want to share this story with you. I remember... um, when my kids were younger, uh, we took them on a trip to Hiawassee, Georgia, uh, to this place called Fun World. Anybody ever been to Fun World? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you've been, it's a lot of fun. That's why they call it that, I think. And so, um, but that's not really the reason they call it that. But here's, here's what I loved about Fun World. I don't even know if it's still open anymore. My kids, my son Bailey is 20 now. My daughters, Brianna is 17. They were really young then. Uh, but here's what I loved about it. Everything was inside. Indoor batting cages, indoor go-karts, indoor bowling, indoor miniature golf, indoor slides, obstacle course, arcade, you name it, everything was inside. And I remember we'd been there for about five or six hours. And so my wife and I, we were really tired. And so we decided to sit down on a bench and watch the kids go at it, right? We're sitting down in front of the obstacle course and... um, they get in, they go around to the start, they start coming through. You know how on the obstacle course you can kind of like see certain parts and you can kind of see them be like, oh, they're not bleeding, they're okay, it's totally fine. And so we're watching, watching, watching and then we see Bailey come, my son Bailey come flying and zooming past us to go run and get back in. But I didn't see my daughter, Brianna. And so I got up and walked, her, walked around to where the exit of the uh, obstacle course is and um, at the end of the obstacle course, there's a cargo net. And the cargo net was, I don't know if it was loose, but it was kind of stretched out. And I found Brianna, kind of like just kind of sunken down in there like this on her back. And she kind of had this panicked look on her face, but she didn't want to cry out for help. And some of you are here and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because just like me, I have those panic moments And I am too prideful to cry out to my heavenly father for help. So I lock eyes with her and I go and I run and I reach down and I scoop her up in my arms and say, hey, baby, listen, dad's here. I love you. It's going to be okay. And here's what happened. That look of panic turned to a look of peace. Because she knew I had her. She knew her dad was not going to let her be stuck. And she jumps down, squirms down, chases off after her brother to go back through the whole thing again. Because she knew she was all right. She knew that dad would always be there for her. Today, I want you to know that on our own, we won't ever be able to get to our Heavenly Father. But when we trust in Jesus as forgiver of our sins and leader of our life, when we trust him with that, it makes a way for our Heavenly Father to to reach down, to scoop us up into his loving arms. And no matter what mess we're in right now, no matter what mess we'll ever get ourselves into, no matter however stuck we will be, he's always going to be there with us and for us.
And there may be someone here tonight who's never before accepted Jesus as forgiver of their sins and leader of their life. Tonight, today, this afternoon, it is your time. It's your time. Because I can't think of a greater Christmas gift than a relationship with God who loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, for you, for you this Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you chose. You chose to become human. You chose to leave heaven so that we can have a relationship with you. And so there may be some people here tonight who don't know what it's like to have a relationship with with you. Like tonight, their heart is crying out for help. And I want you to know if that's you tonight, you can, you can simply have that relationship. You can move from a place of trying to be good enough and do good enough and follow all the right rules. You can move from that place to having a relationship with God. And you can start that tonight by simply praying a simple prayer. And, and there's nothing special or magical about this prayer outside of you verbalizing what's going on in your heart. And so if that's you tonight, you could just say something simple like this and say, Jesus, thank you for choosing to be born on this earth. Thank you for choosing to live a sinless life. Thank you for choosing to die for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me for my sins, to come and be the leader and Lord of my life. Teach me your ways so that I can follow you. And with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, if if that was you tonight and you prayed that for the first time tonight, I'm just going to ask you to do something a little bold, but it's super important. And it's not to embarrass you, but with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'm going to ask that you lift your hand. Just lift your hand where you're at. If you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight. Keep it raised. Amen. Dad, for those who have prayed that prayer before, may we be reminded that what you have for us this Christmas is your love, is your love, is your life. And may we be reminded that that is not just for us to hold on to, 
That is for us to go and share with the world the good news that brings great joy to all people. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Listen, we are going to close tonight's service by singing Silent Night by Candlelight. And so uh, as you came in, our ushers were handing out candles. But if you didn't get a candle, if you would raise your hand really quick and really high, they can run down to uh, find you. And we've got someone over here. We've got a, a couple of people over here. Um, ushers, if you could do, ushers, if you could do that, that'd be awesome. So what we're going to do is all the candles will be lit tonight from this candle that I'm holding. And this is called the Christ candle. And it's a representation of the light and love and life of Jesus. And what I want you to understand is that this flame, this light can never be quenched. It can never be put out by darkness. His light always chases the darkness away. Darkness cannot overcome it. And so in just a few moments, our ushers are going to come down. They'll make their way down. Uh, they're going to light their candle from this candle. And then they're going to make their way back up the aisles. And then they're going to pass that flame. The flame of Christ. They're going to pass that flame to you. And here's the instruction I want to give you. If your candle is lit, hold your candle straight up. Okay? Because if you don't want to take your lit candle and try to do this and light someone else's because of what's going to happen, there's going to be a lot of hot wax that gets spilled on somebody. Happened to me earlier. I did it to myself, though. Um, and we don't want that to happen. But as, as the candles are being lit and as you notice, I want you to pay very close attention to how the darkness in this room begins to disappear. As the light of Christ from a single flame of Jesus, it begins to be shared and passed around and it chases out all the darkness in this room. And it's really good news. It brings great joy because it will chase out every bit of the darkness out in a broken world. Will you pray with me? Dad, I just thank you. We thank you for the light of Christ. We thank you for the way that you love us. We thank you for the way that you care for us. We thank you that you came to earth to change lives and to make our lives new. And so may we be reminded as we share this flame with each other that our life is yours and your light is ours to go and share to this world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Sweet.